You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome to an episode of the EPA podcast brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation on BGN Radio. I'm your host, Victor Williams. You can follow me on all social platforms over at the Philly Pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you've seen my face or my content somewhere, you can probably find me over there joining you guys for an episode, our first uh, off-season episode of the EPA show. We haven't talked to you guys since the uh, the Super Bowl, and we thought, Shane and I were talking before the show, we thought that we would be less busy. And of course, the Eagles and all the off-season tasks that they have, we've actually been more busy. So we're happy to come up here and give you guys some thoughts on what has kind of been happening uh, in the offseason to this point. Joining me as always, you can follow him on Twitter at half and half underscore TPL. Has a phenomenal YouTube channel that you guys need to check out if you want to understand how the Eagles have been playing their brand of football and everything that's coming up in the offseason. And of course, draft because it is our favorite time of the year for us content creators, that being the NFL draft, the NFL combine, and scouting. Who could potentially be the next Philadelphia Eagles. Shane, uh, it's been a little bit. How are you feeling? I know we were supposed to be uh, taking some time off, but man, we've been busier than ever (laughs) since the offseason has started. How's it been for you? It's been good. You know, it feels weird to come on to what is like the X's and O's show on the BGN feed and not have a game to talk about. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a different feeling there, a little different content. Of course, I'm big into NFL draft and you are too. I've been doing the NFL draft show for bgn radio here so be sure you check that out we've done Mm -hmm. quarterbacks offensive line uh we have recorded running backs it hasn't dropped yet but it will probably before this podcast so uh, it's fun to dive into all of that stuff i always forget every year i just see like the end of the nfl season as a finish line where i get to take a breath and that just hasn't happened yet so maybe after the nfl draft i'll slow down a little bit but for now it's full steam ahead you know watching college tape obviously the combine this last weekend so Lots of stuff going on, uh, but it feels weird, I guess, to shift back to specifically talking Eagles here for this podcast, whereas I've been just doing drafts, you know, NFL-wide draft content for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's such opposite ends of the spectrum this time of the year when you're looking at college-wide and who could be the players and what could be good fits for other teams, you know, that could compete with the Eagles uh, in the following seasons. I'm actually going to throw you a, a curveball here. I know we kind of talked about what we would start off with, but since you mentioned the combine, I, I want your thoughts on a certain quarterback in the draft that is rising up these boards faster than any quarterback that I can remember in recent history. And now recent rumors, Rich Eisen has said that this man could be potentially taken number one overall. A guy who has played all of 12 or 13 games in college has set in records with the vertical jump in everywhere across the combine. And that man is Florida's Anthony Richardson. Does it make sense for teams, whoever is going to be at the top of the draft, whether Chicago stays there, even though they're, they've made it known they're going to stay with Justin Fields. If they send it, to the Colts and they try to get their guy or whatever the situation is. Um, does it make any feasible sense, Shane, to take Anthony Richardson over guys like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Where are you as the guy who's been watching all this college tape? Are you a believer in Anthony Richardson or is all this talk about him 
potentially being the first quarterback taken and the first guy taken overall in the draft is this kind of all just wild news to, to your ears <laughs> yeah i i had him as qb3 when i did the qb ranking show behind uh, bryce young was number one for me cj stroud was number two but i said that he was going to be a huge combine winner and obviously he runs the Four four forty four four three. I think it was. He set the record for broad jump and vertical jump. He had a 10.0 relative athletic score, which basically standardizes it by the position. And 10 would be the most elite athlete to ever test at the position. So when you look at that, I, I can't in good conscience put him as QB1 because he's not <laughs> the best player. But if I was sitting there taking my first choice of quarterback, it would be hard to resist the siren call. I mean, he has, he's got a huge arm. He, he's so athletic and, you know, he's raw. He only threw 393 passes at the college level and he's inconsistent and I get all of that, but he's got generational athleticism. And as we've talked about with Jalen Hurts, that gives you a certain floor. It gives you time to develop the rest of your game when you can turn what should have been a sack into a 60 yard run. And he does that routinely. And so uh, he's very intriguing. Like he's risky. He's got a higher chance. I won't say of busting because I do think he can make it in the league, even if he never develops. I mean, look at Justin Fields. If he never develops as a passer, he's going to be a quarterback somewhere for a long time just because of his athleticism. So I wouldn't say he could bust, but he's got a bigger chance to never put it together than guys like Stroud and Young. But if he does put it together, like that risk is, or that reward makes it worth the risk, I think. And it's not like Stroud and Young don't have questions. I mean, Young is historically small. <laughs> and yeah, he, he got over 200 pounds at the combine. I was we shocked all know to see that. Yeah, we all know it's a lie. Like he was wearing hoodies and stuff most of the time. So you couldn't see all the fat he got from eating ice cream sandwiches six times a day. Like he's going to play at 195, which is scary. That's 0th percentile for a quarterback. CJ Stroud. You know, he, he was really elusive and a playmaker in the Georgia game, but that's one game and the rest of his career. He didn't really do that. So it becomes a question of did he just he could, but he didn't need to because of the playmakers or was that always there? And he just didn't do it. Uh, I don't know. But one game sample sizes are tricky. I mean, this is a franchise that saw Nick Foles win a Super Bowl and then <laughs> get benched for whoever he got benched for in Jacksonville a couple years later. So mentioned pretty uh, much. <laughs> yeah, there, so there's question marks everywhere. And when there's questions everywhere, it's real tempting to just bet on the generational athlete. And so I think it's very possible that Anthony Richardson's QB won off the board. And I don't think it's insane. Yeah, he's it's definitely the uh, the high risk, high reward prospect at, at that position. Rich Eisen said on his show, a rumor he heard at the uh, at the combine is don't discount Richardson going first overall. And NFL exec recently said that he is a blend of Josh Allen, Cam Newton and Justin Fields. And how could teams resist that like we said not a lot of game tape to kind of review on and he is raw as a passer very raw but that uh, those are the the uh the athleticism and the uh and the tangibles it's hard to ignore so very interesting to see how how that is all going to play out i'm interested uh you said he was qb3 what is the gap between him and will levis who a lot of people have as qb3 is the gap pretty wide there where, where do you have levis kind of ranked in that yeah so levis was four for me uh the thing about levis like he's got a lot of the same tools, big arm, prototypical NFL build. He's He's got a threat of the running game, although he's not as good of a runner as Richardson. He's maddenly inconsistent. Like He has 23 interceptions in the last two years. He's fumbled 17 times in his college career. Uh, he's going to be 24 as a rookie mm. versus Anthony Richardson, who's going to be 21, almost mm -hmm. 22 as a rookie. 
the thing with Levis is he regressed so heavily from 2021 to 2022, but you know, he lost Wandell Robinson. He lost uh, his offensive coordinator and they brought in Rich Scangarello who got fired mid season. And so everything was a disaster around him. So the question with him is, you know, how much of his regression was everything around him being on fire? Like, I mean, it's the meme with the dog sitting in the house on fire, drinking his coffee <laughs> saying, this is fine. How much of it is that? And how much of it is he's just really raw as a prospect. He did not elevate Kentucky this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to draft a guy top 10, you want him to elevate your team. I'm not sure he's ready for that. So I, I really all four of the quarterbacks, they've got question marks, which is where I circle back to. If I'm picking one, I'm probably going to pick Richardson, even though he won't be QB one on my board mm. because I'm, I'm taking a risk anyways. I might as well swing big. So he's the guy. If you're if you're a uh, if you're an NFL GM and you and you are rock bottom and you need that first stepping stone to build this franchise around and start building yourself back to relevancy, Anthony Richardson is your guy. Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> I, I think so. I'm right shocked now. You ask, ask me again in a month and a half, uh, yeah, but I sure. think so. I, like I think Bryce Young is going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. We're turning this into a QB draft show, but I think <laughs> yeah, Bryce Young, <laughs> a position the Eagles aren't going to draft, by the way, maybe day three, but. I think Bryce Young is going to be incredible. Like he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. I just wonder what he's going to look like four or five years down the road. It, mm-hmm. I, I feel like hits are going to accumulate for him, and longevity of his career is the concern. So, you know, if if you want, if you're a GM on the hot seat, you got to keep the job. And if you draft Will Levis, he might lose you the job. <laughs> you're not going to lose the job if you draft Bryce Young, and he's great for yeah, four their years, and then fixed. he retires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so. You're safer there. You're safer with Stroud. But if you've got the job security, which it takes a lot to have job security as a GM that's taken a quarterback. But if you've got it, Richardson, he's he's the most intriguing guy to me. Yeah, the, the durability is a big thing because even look at Lamar, who has been incredible and the Ravens are passive. Well, there's a lot of wrong things the Ravens are doing with the situation, but they're even they're even uh, reluctant to, to pay him. So imagine what Bryce Young is going to look like in a few years if he sustains the same type of injuries and, and the longevity of his career. But yeah, the QB position uh, definitely going to be interesting. We thought it was a two man race and now it's turned into somewhat of a four man race. So the draft will be interesting at a position. Like you mentioned that the Eagles have no horse in the race and really. So didn't mean to start the show with that, but you had mentioned the combine and maybe think of Richardson. And I'm curious on everybody's thoughts on, on his stock and the, the, the skyrocketing literally by the day of, of this man. So intrigued to see what, uh, what he'll do in the league with whatever team he lands with. So uh, on to Eagles football, the show that we are predominantly uh, <laughs> supposed to be um, talking about. Today is the franchise tag deadline. We didn't mean to record this show hours before the deadline. So by the time this drops, the deadline probably has already happened. So if anything happens since then, we apologize that we haven't been here to cover it. But we will next week or, or whatever the situation is. But the news is, as of now, per uh, Jeff McLean of the Enquirer, is that the Eagles are not expected to use the franchise tag this year. Howie has not been a, a fan of the franchise tag in recent years, so it's not a shocker that he isn't going to use it now. But Shane and I are actually pretty stunned that uh, CJ was a prime candidate for it, and not only did they not extend him number one midseason, they didn't do it yet, and they're not going to use the tag on him. Uh, the tag would have paid CJ roughly $14.4 million, so that's essentially another one-year deal. They'll figure it out next year. But they haven't tagged him, and by the day, a guy that I at one point thought was a surefire to be brought back is now, I, I don't know, I'm 50-50 on the fence now if he's back. I, I was in the camp that just brings CJ back and, and let everyone else walk and we'll figure out the rest. Now I don't, I don't even know if he's 
going to be back. Hargrave and CJ were, were the two guys I was looking at for the franchise tag. Howie isn't going to use it, and we'll see how it all shakes out moving forward one week away from free agency. So, Shane, where are you? Uh, which side of the fence are you on as far as the tag? Should we have used it on CJ to secure him for another year, or is he Howie just going to let everybody run to free agency, come back if you want to, we'll, we'll figure it out? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, I expected there to be some movement by this point in time like Mm -hmm. so the hertz contract is the first domino that you need to fall it's going to be the biggest chunk and then you have to structure everything else around it and so the fact that there's not a hertz contract yet to me is a little surprising Mm -hmm. um you would like to beat the justin herbert contract you would like to beat the joe burrow contract heck if daniel jones beat the 45 million (laughs) dollars you want to beat the daniel jones contract which is just an insane thing to say Derek Um, carr getting crazy money you need to hurry yeah (laughs) so it surprises me now as much as the eagles are incentivized to get that deal done jalen hurts is not it's to his benefit to wait and let those dominoes fall first and so Mm -hmm. um you know people have i've never understood this but people are always like you know maybe they'll take a maybe he'll take a team friendly deal i've seen that a below market deal and i just don't understand like why would you expect that like Victor, would you would you go work for 70% of what you could make? Yeah, are we going to I'm not going to walk into I have work right after the show. I'm not going to walk into my into the company I work for and being like, you know what? I care so much about the company that I will make significantly less than everyone else in my field because that's how much I care about the company. Like how 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 ridiculous does that sound? Obviously, players are different. You want to win championships. Jalen Hurts has made it known that he wants to win championships, but not so much to the point where he is going to sacrifice his own future. I don't think that's in the cards for Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Yeah, like so. Do do you know what do you think his? We just talked. What Derek Carr got thirty five million a year? Is that what it was? You know what Jalen Hurts' four year contract pays him his rookie deal? Oh, barely one, one and a half, if that. Yeah, his total would be four years, eight point eight million. Yeah, yeah, about one and a half. Thus, thus far in his career, he's been paid about four million dollars. Like this isn't a vet that's made his money and. Now he wants to take a discount. Like yeah, he's not this is a guy looking to get paid for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's ridiculous that people expect that they wouldn't do that. But the thing is like, that's the first domino that has to fall and you can't really do much until it does. I, I tweeted this out this morning. I put the gif of the office where uh, Jim is the, in, in the manager's office now and Michael's <laughs> out on the floor and Jim calls him and says, you got to do something, man. You can't just sit there. And so that's me to Howie. <laughs> about the contract extensions like let's get this going i really thought that we would have contract extensions rolling in now but i said i mean hertz is incentivized to wait and so i still think you'll see it before free agency kicks off i just don't think you can negotiate with i mean you can have talks with chauncey gardner johnson and these other guys but i don't think you can seal the deal until you get the hertz contract done yeah, I don't think I don't think Nicole Lynn, his agent, is kicking the door down right now, saying you need to pay Hertz. They're they're praying to God that they get an alert from Schefter any minute now that Herbert and Joe Burrow have gotten their new contracts, so they can take those into the negotiations and be like, well, these guys were in the same draft class. Um, the Eagles don't have the luxury of a fifth year option, so they have to pay him, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, I, I would be stunned like you if they don't do it before free agency because how are you going to pursue other free agents when you don't even know what the money situation is going to be without that contract in place? So they're going to have to figure all of this out uh cj and javon hargrave i put out a poll last week on twitter it was i i expected cj to win it but not in the landslide that that it did i said if you could only bring one of these guys back javon hargrave or cj gardner johnson uh which one would you 
Uh, CJ won about 91% of those votes because everyone likes a hard-hitting safety. It's a position that the Eagles have lacked in recent years. And the reasoning I've seen is that Javon Hargrave is pushing 30 and you have Jordan Davis waiting in the wing. So there's no point in investing in a guy who reportedly may get up to uh, upwards of $20 million per year on the open market. So Shane, if it was up to you, you have these two guys in front of you. You have Javon Hargrave, you have CJ Garner-Johnson, and you can only pay one of them. And that's and the other one has to walk and go go to another team. Which one of those? Which one of those guys do you value more? Which one of those guys would be more valuable to the Eagles' defense moving forward? On a one season basis, I think it's Hargrave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, you win in the trenches more than you win at the safety position, and the Eagles have a huge hole at defensive tackle. Assuming Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave are both gone, uh, you've got Jordan Davis. You don't have a lot of proof of concept with him yet. You've got Milton Williams, who is flashed, but he's kind of undersized. Like, if Hargrave and Cox walk, you're you're definitely investing a semi-high pick in a defensive tackle this year. But on the long-term horizon, I mean, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is younger, and at safety is taking on an increased role. It's becoming more and more important. So, if you can lock him into a long-term deal, like he's more affordable, I think, and he's more important long-term. But just on a short, you know. How, how who's more impactful in 2023 if i had to pick one i would take hargrave yeah that's that's kind of i think hargrave benefits you in the short term cj is better for the uh for the long term especially because number one the safety class is pretty weak from what i've seen you can correct me if i'm wrong shane but i I'm, i don't see too many safeties i'm enamored with not like uh last year with brisker and all these other guys i was looking at i don't see uh many of those players this year so you definitely want to lock up a position that doesn't have a lot of standout prospects as as we looked ahead to the draft and Hargrave as as much as we love the trenches and I understand why the fans so so desperately want to want to keep CJ uh, uh over Hargrave because you have Jordan Davis and to your point they don't really know how to how to utilize him how to deploy him in the best way possible yet yeah, that's something they're going to have to uh, figure out and we know they're going to draft D-line with one of their two first round picks if it's not corner and D-line I'm shocked to see what else it would be <laughs> those are the two picks I assume uh they they they're going Ooh, to roll I- with or O line, yeah. Surprise me at all if they take an offensive lineman. Which in the one first of the round. one of the sides of the uh, of the of the line of scrimmage they're definitely going to draft, and cornerback is probably going to be the uh, the uh, the the other one. So in, in, interesting that the Eagles aren't using the franchise tag. Interesting that CJ to this point hasn't gotten at least an offer of some sort to to our knowledge. And uh, Hargrave is more than likely. He just put out a tweet uh, saying one week away. So he seems eager to get to free agency, eager to get paid. Um, that deal that we got with him was it three years, thirty million? Absolute steal. He, he yeah. outplayed that contract, and uh, he and guys like Bradbury and all these other guys are um, certainly looking to get paid. I think this might be Hargrave's last chance at a substantial contract, so we certainly look to get the bag um, somewhere else. Uh, Shane, as far as we're, we're talking about the safety position, Marcus Epps, a lot of teams are apparently enamored was the word I saw <laughs> that teams are with Marcus Epps. They are enamored with Marcus Epps. They like his play style. They like his physicality. Um, I'm curious on your stance of Marcus Epps because I see a lot of division about the uh, their opinions on Epps and what he was able to provide the Eagles this season. Transition from a role player to a full-time starter, I think he performed well. Um, had some struggling moments here and there, as most full, uh, first-time starters do. But uh, do you really want to lose both your starting safeties? Is Are you confident in uh, – if, if you lose one of them, is Reed Blankenship ready to start? Are you confident in a tandem with either CJ or Reed Blankenship or Marcus Epps and Reed Blankenship. How do you kind of see it shaking out for Marcus Epps in the safety position? Yeah, you would not like to lose both Epps and Chauncey Gardner. Yeah, Johnson. probably not. <laughs> uh, I think I think Blankenship would be fine as a starter, and 
I mean, it's not a strong safety class like you mentioned, although I think there's some corners that could play safety. I think you might yeah, see some positions. Definitely some versatile there. defensive backs there, yeah. Yeah, and, and the Eagles love corners that have a safety background like Josiah Scott. They put him at safety in training camp last year. And so I mean I think that they've got a little bit of depth there. You don't want to lose both starters, but I would not let my fear of losing both starters uh trick me into paying Marcus Epps a big contract. Mm-hmm. I think Marcus Epps is a replacement level starter and that's good. I'm not going to pay top dollar for that. I'd be happy, you know, to pay him a, a reasonable contract, but if we're talking lots of teams interested free agent bidding war, I, I wouldn't do that personally. I don't think he's worth that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely not. It's just a lot of these defensive starters, even at the linebackers, TJ Edwards, Kaiser white, one of those two guys, if I had to pick one, probably TJ's back, but I know some, some, some teams are going to be interested in him as well with homegrown talent. I know they love Dean, uh, but who else is going to start alongside him? If, if, if you lose him, that's kind of where I'm at. So yeah, I was just curious. I was very uh, intrigued <laughs> to see the word enamored, like damn teams really love what, uh, what, what, what Marcus Epps brings uh, uh, to the table. So shocking things there. Uh, Shane, anything else? We'll go to a quick break, come back and talk about coordinators and another position that's getting some, uh, some eyes and ears for the Eagles for the wrong reasons, <laughs> for reasons that Shane doesn't, doesn't, really enjoy but any other uh hitting points you want to hit on as far as the franchise tag uh we did talk about Richardson a little bit Derek Carr makes 37 and a half million dollars that puts him eighth eighth highest paid in the league so how we better get it get it moving as far as that contract is concerned yeah I can't wait for the Saints to trade their first round pick next year <laughs> to convince themselves they're gonna go I don't know nine and seven nine and eight it's nine enough to win that division that's enough to win that awful division and lose in the first round of the playoffs like Congratulations, Saints. Good job. All three of those teams in the other divisions have no idea who the quarterback is. The Bucks are trying to convince themselves about Kyle Trask, right? Who, hey, Brian Johnson did lead to, to damn near Heisman uh, Heisman season. He was a Heisman uh, contender or a Heisman candidate that season, Kyle Trask, with Brian Johnson leading, <laughs> leading the charge. So good on him. Uh, the Panthers, they don't even know what they're doing. And who's the other one? The Falcons, who just cut Mariota, who could be the backup. The backup. No, no backup. I'm down to that. I'm down for do the deal, bring do the deal back for Chip Kelly. <laughs> bring, but the, uh, when I suggested that on Twitter, people were telling me that Mariota packed his bags and left. Was that the story? After he got benched, did he like leave the team? Is that what happened? <laughs> he he left the team. Uh, I think. What do you mean left? Like went home? Like <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly when it what went into it. Uh, I mean, he was obviously done. He was no longer going to be their starter, and his contract was up at the end of the year, and he just had a kid. And so I don't know exactly what went into that. Uh, maybe maybe he just took his ball and went home. But I wouldn't I wouldn't read that into it unless somebody from Atlanta comes out and was like, "Yeah, he just left, took his so, ball and left." Hey hey, speaking of uh, backup uh, quarterbacks and the NFL Combine, Dorian Thompson Robinson, I had a guy at a UCLA potential six round pick. You like him? I don't know how much tape you've watched on him. I actually watched a little bit. And I was excited when I saw that they had a visit with him because when I did PFF work over the season and we had to like log all the data and log all the snaps, I watched every single snap of Dorian Thompson Robinson. So if there's any guy in the draft that I know, it is Dorian Thomas Robinson in that UCLA offense. So I was excited. If Jalen Hurts, for whatever reason, got hurt, went down for a couple games, and we all know Minshew couldn't run that offense. I think this guy, he's not going to run it like Jalen Hurts, but hey, 
you might be able to squeeze you out a win in a similar RPO style. <laughs> yeah, do Chip a favor. Go get his quarterback. Yeah, Chip. Yeah, we're doing a lot of Chip favors. We either, we're either going to get uh, Mariota, who's connected to Chip for obvious reasons, or Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who played underneath him last season and had a pretty good season. Hey, his accuracy improved from 62% to 69% last year. So that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. So good six-round guy. There you go. Day three. Day three. We're going to go to a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk Eagles coordinators and one that left and found a job rather quickly. And we'll also talk about the running back position and the rumor mill that is surrounding that. So stay tuned right here to BGN Radio. Uh, right here, we'll be back with you guys after the break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on the EPA podcast talking about all things Eagles, although not a lot has happened this offseason. In terms of players, there have been a lot of coaching personnel moves and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit here. So, Victor, uh, I mean, just to recap, <laughs> the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they proceeded to lose their offensive coordinator, mm -hmm. their defensive coordinator, mm -hmm. becoming only the second team in the last 30 years to lose both in the same offseason. Mm -hmm. They lost their defensive back coach slash passing game coordinator. They lost mm -hmm. their linebacker coach. Mm -hmm. And they currently have eight defensive players who took 15 plus snaps in the Super Bowl as pending free agents. And yep. people are telling me, that none of it matters. Yeah. I'm Except not bring sure CJ back it. and it's fine. And it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I buy it. Uh, but we do have news on who the Eagles coordinators are going to be. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, they promoted quarterback coach Brian Johnson, which we expected for a long time, but they took their sweet time making it official. They also brought in your guy, Sean Desai, to be the defensive coordinator, uh, passing over Denard Wilson. And then Denard Wilson and the Eagles mutually agreed to part ways. And so he is going to be gone, which I think is a huge loss for the Eagles. I'm sad that they couldn't work that out. The Eagles secondary was so well coached uh, over the last year and a half. You rarely saw communications. There was They were very technically sound. And, you know, you watch other teams play and there's just coverage busts. They just happen. And, and that does not happen to this Eagles defensive backfield very often. And so I do think they're really going to miss uh, having Denard Wilson as their defensive back passing game coordinator. Uh, we'll see, you know, what moves they make uh, to, to patch those holes. Yeah, that's a huge thing. I, I mentioned on Twitter the other day that the, the failing of the Doug Peterson era was being unable to replenish the staff with good candidates once his initial run and his staff got poached. And of course people took that and run with it as they would on Twitter. But the fact of the matter is like replenishing that coaching staff is vitally important. And for all the talk about how good the Eagles offense is, how much talent is on this roster. And it's true. None of it matters if you don't have good coaching to go along with it. And so, uh, you know, how concerned are you about the Eagles coaching turnover here slash the defensive turnover and, uh, tell me your thoughts on Desai. I know he was a guy that you mentioned pretty early on that you liked for this mm-hmm. defensive coordinator spot. Yeah, uh, as far as the offense is concerned, I think we all knew it was going to be Brian Johnson. The minute said Sirianni like wasn't maintaining play calling duties, you don't make that kind of claim if you don't have an idea of who the guy is going to be. So for Sirianni to be like, even after uh, Steichen left, and they asked him about uh, and they asked him about, well, what about play calling? And Sirianni very vocally was like, I'm not doing that. So I think at that point, we all knew it was Brian Johnson, somebody he's uh, clearly familiar with. So at that point, we all knew it was going to be him. And Jalen Hurts wasn't letting him out of, out of the building that soon. So that wasn't shocking. Good on him. Uh, a former offensive coordinator in Florida. We mentioned Kyle Trask earlier, helped propel him as well as Dak Prescott in, in his prior career uh, to, uh, to, to being pretty productive quarterbacks. So uh, very excited to see him in a more uh, vital role with Jalen Hurts moving forward. And yeah, as far as the defense, I'll have to, I'll be excited to take my victory lap about Sean Desai, but I'm sad that it came at the expense of Denard Wilson. Cause to your point, when you lose a guy who basically led the number one passing defense in the NFL, and you have guys like Darius Slay and CJ Gardner Johnson, who have vocally been very excited about Denard Wilson and have said that they have completely transformed my game. Uh, Slay has said that he's made him even better. CJ said Denard Wilson was a big reason why CJ was as productive as he was in a season in his first year, just two weeks removed from from the first week of the uh, of the season. So when you have uh, elite guys like that who played pivotal roles in your defense and your secondary, who are outspoken and saying Denard Wilson was such a great coach, and then you pass over him, and then he leaves. It kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. We mentioned mutually parted ways. I don't know how mutual it was. I think, I think Denard Wilson really, really wanted that defensive coordinator spot. But when a guy like Sean Desai comes around, it's 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 hard it's hard to say no to a guy like that. And we know how the Eagles how how excited they are and how much they love Fake Vangio. And when you can grab a disciple of his and plug him into this defense with some similar concepts, and a guy who somehow got 18 and a half sacks out of um, Robert Quinn back when he was defensive coordinator in Chicago. If you can do that with Robert Quinn, I, I shudder to think about what he's going to be able to do with the sound Reddick in that defense. So I'm very excited to things he can do. He's a rising name uh, in, in coaching circles. People are very excited. 
about trying to get him Pete Carroll's right-hand man last year. Uh, and Desai's unit ranks 22nd in points per game while he was in Chicago, which wasn't very good. But they finished inside the top 10 in yards per game, 312. Passing yards per game, 191 yards, and had 49 sacks that season, which sounds very low compared to what the Eagles did last year. But <laughs> that season, it was a lot. Robert Quinn had 18 and a half in him. So uh, a guy with that kind of track record, I'm very excited to see what he's able to do with the defense. But sad to see Denard Wilson go, a guy that the Eagles and players were so very high on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, that That's the biggest one to me. It's like we knew that Steichen was going to be gone. There was a lot of rumors about Gannon leaving, but losing Denard Wilson sort of came out of left field. And I do think that'll be one of the bigger, more impactful losses as far as the coaching staff this offseason. You see how fast he was grabbed. Baltimore wasted no time. Two days later, he, he they grabbed him, and now they're going to run with those those guys over there who has some nice pieces. Kyle Hamilton, uh, Chuck Clark, if he's still there, they have some pieces over there that Denard Wilson, I'm sure, is excited to get his hands on. I'm just excited that the Eagles didn't take Vance and Joseph because that was a name that I was really <laughs> not thrilled about, and they kept having these interviews, and they kept talking to him. And in my mind, I was like, all of this defense is in years past have been middle of the pack. I've never heard of, it, of an elite Van Joseph defense. So why are we so high on this guy? But thankfully, he returned to Denver, and, and we didn't have to, to worry about it. Uh, where were you when the Jim Leonard uh, stuff was coming up? Because a lot of people were excited about him, maybe because the thought of the unknown. Um, it screamed like Chip Kelly vibes to me because trying to bring a, a, an innovative college coach to see what he can do in the NFL it was kind of scary to hear about it. Um, but then apparently uh, Mr. Leonard said that um, I was I was already going to take time off anyway. We talked about it. Not really a good fit right now. So so they moved on. But were you excited at that thought? I don't know how familiar you were with uh, Wisconsin's defense last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't know a lot about it. I looked into him a little bit in that process, but I kind of didn't want to look into it too much. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, where I was. There's so many names <laughs> flying around and I got so much draft stuff to focus on right now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'll research him if they hire him. So I didn't look into him a lot, but I was interested by, you know, the, the few things I looked at, uh, I always did kind of see that as a long shot hiring though. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. They had the little conversations. They said, ah, it's not, not going to happen right now. So Sean Desai moving forward, Denard Wilson leaves. He joins Baltimore. Brian Johnson is the new offensive, uh, coordinator in uh, uh in philadelphia a guy who will probably only be here for one season and if they have another high-powered offense it won't be long before he's promoted again and is head coach uh elsewhere shane i didn't get your thoughts on on brian johnson i know you're high on him how much does Steichen leaving affect the offense or does brian johnson being promoted kind of allow the eagles to pick up where they left off in 2022 I think it's good to keep that continuity for hertz it's his quarterback coach is now his offensive play caller they were all involved in designing the offense, Sirianni, Steichen, and Johnson. So you're keeping two-thirds of that brain trust as far as offensive design. I think all of that will be unchanged. I think the concern comes from how he'll handle play-calling responsibilities. Because, you know, we've seen guys that were good schemers, Nathaniel Hackett, go try to call plays and it go terribly. It's just a whole different thing to do that with a clock ticking and have the right feel for that. And Shane Steichen was so good at sequencing his play calls and putting the Eagles in the right positions. And so it remains to be seen uh, if Brian Johnson can do that. I think they're confident he can, or they wouldn't have put him in that position, but I would expect there to be some learning curve with that, some growing pains early in the season. Um, not that it's going to be the train wreck that 
Nathaniel Hackett was in Denver, uh, <laughs> but I, I could see you taking a step back in terms of your sequencing and things like that. And then hopefully, you know, as the year rolls along, there's some more creativity and he's good at stacking the play calls and things, but I could see it being a struggle just a little bit early on. Yeah, probably an adjustment period there to see how how he uh, goes about calling plays and, and things like that. But the continuity is very important. We saw what Jalen Hurts was able to do just his second year in the same system, and I, I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in, in consecutive years uh, in a comfortable system that will allow him to grow and take his game even further after this, the sensational season that he just had. Um, since we're talking about the offense, the uh, the running back position is getting a lot of a a lot of a lot of attention. And for uh, obvious reason, Miles Sanders by the day looks more and more like he won't be back despite his uh, efforts to try and like, I don't want to say beg his way back, but he's making it very known that he wants to stay in, in Philadelphia by like reposting Instagram stories of him saying that he loves Philly and, and this, this and that. Um, but before we get to the rumors and who could potentially replace him from outside the organization, uh, we're hearing sources say that the Eagles love Kenny Gainwell. And he showed a lot, especially in that playoff run. Like he essentially took Miles Sanders' job in the, in the Super Bowl. Like we watched it in real time. <laughs> so uh, the fans are, are really high on him. They're coming off the Super Bowl high and the, and the playoff production that he had. I just have a hard time, and I've been this way since, since we drafted him, really, of of convincing myself that Kenneth Gainwell is a three-down back. I don't. I can't. He's a very good third-down back, and he's he's the best pass catcher of the group but as far as being the bell cow and the workhorse and the eagles don't really operate in that manner anyway they've, they've always been kind of by committee uh but but say they go ahead and they don't bring miles back they don't trade or sign for anybody else they just go ahead and grab a, a mid-round rookie in the third or fourth round depending on who it is shane your confidence level that kenneth Gainwell and said rookie well i'll tell the fans now and the listeners don't like get Bijan robinson out of your head like just get that pipe dream. it's not it's not gonna happen as exciting as that prospect may be uh, but your your confidence level, Shane, and Kenneth Gainwell and a potential rookie kind of kind of leading this backfield next season. Do you think that we can maintain the same kind of high powered rushing attack without Miles Sanders? Yeah. So Kenneth Gainwell is a lead back. Uh, he's been in the league two years and he's rushed for over sixty yards twice. Mm. So like in a game. In a game. <laughs> He's been over 60 yards two times in his two-year career so far, and people want to crown him as like the lead back. And it's fine to to want to give him a bigger role. I'm not comfortable going into a season with a guy who has two 60-yard games in two years and saying, yep, you're getting our 18, 20 carries a game. I, I'm not comfortable with that. You need somebody else in there. Um, to me, the most important thing for the Eagles at the running back position is getting a running back who can pass protect. Their running backs were atrocious in pass protection this year. And mm -hmm. so they often elected to send five guys out on routes. So if you can send six, you will have a free runner at Hertz. And the Eagles did not build hot answers to the blitz into their offense. Uh, I think that changes. If you have a threat of leaving a running back into block, you can do a lot more. Uh, uh, they need somebody that can pass protect though. And they don't have that. And then, you know, they need to build in those hot answers and hopefully Brian Johnson will do that. But I like Kenny Gainwell quite a bit. I wouldn't want him as my piece. lead back. That's a complimentary, yeah, a complimentary piece, piece <laughs> running back by committee. I am very much on board with the, which Boston Scott's also a free agent. So mm -hmm. really all they have, I think is Trey Sermon and Kenny Gainwell right now. Yep. I'm very okay with drafting a day two or a day three rookie 
signing a cheap vet and rolling with that as your backfield. I, I don't think you're going to go spend a first round pick on Bajan Robinson. Mm-hmm. I really like Zach Charbonnet. He's my running back too. That's UCLA you got, too, right? Yeah, 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 he is. I'm telling you, I watched that whole offense. I know all those guys. I, I really like him and think he would fit really well with Gainwell. I don't think he's going to make it to 62, though. I think you'd have to be higher in the second round. So mm-hmm. could be a trade back target. I think you can get a guy in free agency. It's a loaded free agent class, and the market's in your favor as a buyer there. So um, they want to add pieces. I don't think you want to go in with Gainwell as your plan A and your plan B. Yeah, let's 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 hope not, that's not the plan. I know the fans love him, and uh, of course you want to see him be a be a one of one of the uh, focal points of the offense as the lead back is like RB one. I have a tough time of wrapping my my head around that. That brings us to these other names that could potentially be available outside the organization. Now there's now the free agent class, um, like like you mentioned, headlined by stars. Josh Jacobs just got tagged. He was my number one target, but he won't be available. You still got guys like Kareem Hunt, Devin Singletary, David Montgomery. Uh, I think Saquon, they haven't done anything with Saquon yet, so he'll still be a free agent. They still have the whole Daniel Jones thing to figure out before they can go ahead and entertain Saquon, but another name that Shane does not like that is rumored to be available. Now, now Tennessee has since come out and said they're not shopping him, but could be, you know, smoke screens is that time of the year. But one King Henry, Derek Henry, may be available for trade in the offseason. Now, the bookies.com, the the guys who come up with all the odds of who could potentially be the next team if he does get moved. The 2023 team odds have been released for Derrick Henry. The Titans still lead at plus 250 if they if they keep him. The next team on that list are the Eagles at plus 400. Now, Shane, I know <laughs> this is kind of like kind of like blasphemous to talk about at this point, but man, if you just just sit in and take the money out of it and take the reality out of it and just think of an offense. Captain by Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Scott. And you have Derrick Henry in the backfield. I don't I don't know how you stop them on short yarder situations. You you anybody can run you over um um in that sense. So I already know how you feel about it, but you entertain the <laughs> listeners on why on why the notion is so ridiculous even to begin with. But just say, is there any 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 possible way? <laughs> the Eagles okay. we we all know they don't, but they Derrick Henry, man. He's Derrick Henry. <laughs> okay, so Derrick Henry. First of all, <laughs> He'll make $10 million next year and then he's a free agent. So it's your, it, which is also the franchise tag numbers. So this would be like equivalent to having a running back on the franchise tag. The Eagles aren't going to pay $10 million for a running back. That's, that's one. They're just not going to do it. Besides that, though, if they're not going to pay that to a running back, they're certainly not going to trade for the right to pay one that. But outside of that, I mean, what Derrick Henry is an under center power running back mm-hmm, sure is. and the Eagles are almost exclusively a shotgun zone <laughs> running team. Like, so the, you know who the last big under center running back the Eagles brought in was that uh, I can think of? Blunt, maybe, maybe Does Blunt. I was thinking or, DeMarco, or DeMarco, Murray. Thinking DeMarco Murray, right? <laughs> and we all know how that worked. And, and I, I said that on Twitter and people were like, well, yeah, but Murray isn't Derrick Henry. And I'm like, no, he's not. DeMarco Murray was 27 and he had one year of his career over 220 carries and he averaged 5.2 and 4.7 yards per carry the previous two years. Henry is two years older at 29. And in his last four years, he has either had over 300 carries or had a season ending injury. And in his last two years, his yards per carry are 4.4 and 4.3. So for Derrick Henry to work, you have to run 
the Derrick Henry offense. And, and by the way, LeGarrette Blunt, who you mentioned, at 2017, he had three yards per carry from the shotgun for the Eagles. So he also could not run out of the shotgun. The Eagles are just a shotgun running team. It's what they do. And so, like, money aside, if you told me money doesn't matter, there's no salary cap next year, you can have either Miles Sanders or Derrick Henry. I'd rather have Miles Sanders. Yeah. Because yes, even, he fits even for you schematically, team. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. And you don't. And so, you know, the next question is why don't you? Well, why not get under center? You could get under center with Derrick Henry, but the Eagles are so effective at a shotgun. Like, being under center, it takes away your RPO game. Um, at contrary to what Madden says with their little RPO stretch slant plays where you can spin around 180 degrees because you read a guy that your back was turned to and throw it. Uh, it takes that out of the equation. It, it, it negates your ability to like keep your eyes on the defense as you execute play fakes. So that limits Hurts' effectiveness. It limits your QB running game. Like The only reason people get under center is because it's easier to run under center but the Eagles have not had trouble running out of the shotgun because of Hertz and their scheme. So I just, I'm not interested in Henry at all. Uh, I mean, sure. If the Titans were like, Hey, we're going to cut him. And Henry was like, Hey, I'll sign for a million. Sure. But I name recognition aside, like Sanders is a better player for the Eagles than Derrick Henry would be. We've been burned you by that won't. before. And, and you people, <laughs> people throw out LeGarrette Blunt, LeGarrette Blunt, wasn't good in 2017. Hey, hey, you said who was the last power runner? Look, he was the last one. He was the last well, one. No, but that's what people talk about. The Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017. We need to do what we did then. We need a power back. I'm down for a power running guy. Uh, but LeGarrette Blunt was dreadful out of the shotgun. He was only effective when a game was over and they were just running downhill from under center, which isn't something the Eagles do. And so I'm just not interested in that at all, to be honest. So you uh you want Jalen Hurts to just be the leading rusher, huh? That's where you're at. You just want... <laughs> this I'm fine with it. How about uh Dalvin Cook if Minnesota cuts ties with him, you know, or they dump him off for like a fifth round pick? Yeah, sure. I, I don't. I'm not sure what his contract looks like. Is he a free agent? Uh, well, no. But that, well, the Vikings have so much cap stuff they have to figure out yeah. that like Thielen and all those guys are potential uh uh cut casualties. But listen. Yeah, he makes like 14 million, so they'll have to definitely restructure yeah. that contract. <laughs> yeah, I mean, money aside, like I would love to bring in a guy of like Cook's caliber. The Eagles wanted yeah. him back when they drafted uh who they draft instead, Sidney Jones, because the Vikings leaped him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. So uh, yeah, I I don't the Eagles scheme, their offensive line and their quarterbacks threat in the running game gives them such a high floor as a running team. Like, really, they can just go spend a day or two, three pick get a day two or day three pick on a guy mm-hmm. they can go sign a cheap vet in free agency and you can feel really good about that that backfield as long as Hertz is in it and that offensive line is in front of it you feel pretty good about it so I don't want to spend big capital and cap and the Eagles aren't going to spend big capital no, and cap on running regardless of what we think yeah. <laughs> so, I mean it's fun like put Bajan Robinson in this offense man Man. Eagles aren't going to do it it's just not yeah gonna definitely not definitely not so so in your in your mind the Eagles, like, they have Kenneth Gainwell. They draft Charbonnet, and they sign a guy like Kareem Hunt, who even might be out, outside of their price range. Like, you'd be happy with that kind of trio. Yeah. You don't even have to sign. If you get Charbonnet, you don't even have to sign it. <laughs> Charbonnet and Gainwell would be a really good backfield pairing, I think. I can't wait for that YouTube video when you break him down, because the way you speak about this man, what draft is he projected in second? Uh, I had him as running back, too. I actually had him at Jameer Gibbs in my Be- Behind Bijan? He's right there? 
Damn. Yeah, that's that's where I had him. I, now I think the league will see him as running back three. I think the league will see Gibbs oh, ahead man. of him. But I think Charbonnet is. I think he's probably like a mid second round guy. I don't think he makes it to sixty two, uh, but about, I do think um, he'll go day two. Uh, who's the guy? Uh, uh, forget his first name. Vaughn. Did he go to TCU? Uh, who's the who's the running back? Uh, I, th- I can't. Or Kendra Miller. He's another guy. I've, I've, yeah, I've Kendra heard. Miller was the. He's the TCU guy. Yeah, he's there. And then there's another guy he's last name Tajay Spears. Uh, oh yeah, he's a good one. He's a good one too. Dang. So it's a good year to need a running back. Yeah. Sorry, there's Miles. A, there's a lot of there's a lot of day two type running backs that fit different schemes, and so yeah. it kind of depends on what you look for as you mm-hmm. as you rank them up, as you stack them up. Tank Bigsby out of Auburn could be a good guy for the Eagles. Uh, Tajay Spears, although he might be a little redundant with uh Kenny Gainwell same yeah, they have with similar Devon. skill sets yeah yeah same with Devon A chain similar to Kenny Gainwell but there there's some guys that you could go get that I think you could get in the third round or beyond that would help you fill out the backfield cheaply are you ready for uh Miles Sanders Buffalo Bills uh era because that's probably what's happening so. <laughs> be a good fit be a good it fit. would be Bills need a running back that's for sure yeah he's he's a good one um last last thing before before we get out of here we talked a little bit about free agents earlier uh isaac siamalu a guy not getting a lot of attention uh under underneath all the big names how crucial would it be if we if we lost him um is it would it be time to uh throw a uh, uh cam jurgens would we force him to play guard what would be the situation if we lost isaac siamalu and how important is it for the eagles to retain him i think that they will lose Sayamalo because those guys tend to get paid. There's a deficiency of quality offensive linemen in the NFL. I think you'll probably see him walk and go somewhere else. Um, but Jeff Stoutland's still the offensive line coach, so I'm not concerned about it. Um, if Jason Kelsey comes back, I do think they will try to put Cam Jurgens at right guard. Yeah, You don't want to draft a guy in the second round, in the second round yep. and him spend two years on the bench. Yeah, so I think the they would thought, try yeah. to slide him over. Now, if he can make that switch, I don't know. You've also got Jack Driscoll, who's played right guard before. Uh, I think it's also not out of the realm of possibility that you would see the Eagles draft an offensive tackle that's got some guard versatility, a guy like Cody Mock, or there's some other guys like that, that maybe you draft him with the idea that he's the future Lane Johnson replacement, but we're going to play him at right guard for the first year or two. And maybe he's really good and he sticks at right guard and you're drafting another tackle in a year or two to replace Johnson. But I think they've got a lot of options there. I would love to see Sayamalo back. I love Isaac Sayamalo. I think he's a really good offensive lineman that plays on an elite offensive line, and so people don't talk about him much. But he's a really good player. The Eagles would miss him, but I don't think they would miss him too much just because yeah. of Stoutland. Yeah, we had we had the same thought with Jurgens. You don't put you don't draft a guy that high and have him sit two years. If Kelsey does if Kelsey does indeed come back, they're switching him somewhere. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna go in that offensive line somewhere and, uh, and and figure it out. So definitely, um, he's a he's a free agent that people often forget about with Bradbury and CJ and Kaiser and Epps and all these other guys that 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 they have to figure out. Isaac Ciamalo has been very good and very uh, consistent for the Eagles for a long time, and he, he would certainly uh, uh be missed. I think on the next episode. These uh, mock drafts w- w- would be good on how he go because if we go with the unsexy like <laughs> offensive tackle with guard versatility in the first round, it's not going to be fun for me anyway to have to write about that. But <laughs> that would be. Um, but I'm definitely intrigued on like your or your cornerback prospects. I have my CB one. I'm on a future episode. We'll, we'll compare and see uh, where we kind of rank our corners because that's going to be the uh, the uh, the uh, um how do I put it? like I think all the excitement will come from them drafting a cornerback because we're not going to get it much 
better uh, sexy picks other than that. So that'll be uh, fun to do. Any any uh, lasting things you want to hit on before we uh, uh, wrap this up with the coordinators? And we talked briefly on free agency. No franchise tag, Howie said. Uh, so let's pray to God they can figure it out with CJ because he's the most important priority, I think, in my mind. <laughs> yeah, or CJ, um, well, Hertz is, honestly, then CJ. <laughs> well, sure, sure. But Hertz, you've at least got under contract for another year so. It's not, it's not a huge deal if you don't, it's a huge deal in that it delays everything else, but it's not the end of the world. If Hertz plays out next year, uh, on a contract. So it's not, oh like, you're, it's not like you're about to have him walk in free agency, but you definitely want to get a deal done uh, sooner rather than later. As for, they just don't pay him this off season. He plays his final year. <laughs> that would yeah, be, wild. it'd be a bad move because his value. I mean, the QB market resets every off season. He would make so. 65 million a year next year. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think you want to do that, but it, it's not like, man, he's about other teams can start negotiating with him in a week and a half. If we don't yeah. have a deal done, that's not that's how it, it works with him. So uh, Eagles fans are going to get really excited about these cornerback prospects at 10. Mm, very. But the last time the Eagles took a defensive back in the first round was 2002. <laughs> And so when they inevitably sit at 10 and take an offensive lineman, Eagles fans are going to watch the rest of the first round and be like at pick 30 and Bajan Robinson's falling or whatever sexy name they like. And then it's going to get all the way to pick 30 and the Eagles are going to trade out for a second round pick and like a fourth or something. And people are just going to be devastated. There's going to be a lot of unhappy people on draft night. I'm thinking, because the Eagles are going to do what they always do. They're going to draft in the trenches and they're going to accumulate draft capital. So I'm I'm excited about a lot of these cornerbacks. I'm trying to rein in my enthusiasm because I'm just like, Eagles aren't drafting a cornerback. I just don't think they're going to do it at 10, but I hope I'm wrong. The last time I was that upset was when they uh, obviously worked out now because he's a pro bowler, but when they took Landon Dickerson instead of uh, Asante Samuel Jr., oh, I was pissed. I was I was so mad. I was mad. And JOK, Jeremiah, uh, the linebacker. Oh, my God. I loved him so much. God. And we took Landon Dixon, who came off like an ACL, two ACL tears in like each knee or whatever the problem was. And I was like, bro, I remember taking a nap and waking up and reading that. And I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And now he's a pro bowler. So this is why uh, these guys are GMs and I'm not. So (laughs) picking picking Landon Dickerson instead of Jeremiah Wusakoromoa is the maddest that I have been on draft night yeah. since the Eagles selected Jalen Hurts instead of Christian Fulton. <laughs> so the moral of the story is if you're watching me on draft night and I get upset about the Eagles second round pick, you know, he's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, you want a Fulton? I wanted um, uh, Jeremy Chin. That was my pick at the time. I was like, yeah, please give me that, that guy Chin or Fulton or Zach Bond, the linebacker. Give me one of these guys. And they said Jalen Hurts name and I was ready to rip this tv off the wall it was so so bad and especially after Wentz just like dragged a no-name offense to the playoffs and they handed him all that money and you brought in a guy man thinking back on it Wentz must have showed some like really sour side of him for them to they they knew something to this day i i yeah. still will i will stand on the hill that it was still a poor use of resources it just happened to work out like it just happened to work. i'll stand on the hill though very bad use of resources at the time <laughs> yeah in, in before the eagles draft Hendon hooker in the second round this year oh well, there we go. There we go. Hey, what about Jalen Carter? He might fall to us after all that. Yeah, it's a possibility. <laughs> I I don't think so. But if the draft was today, he might. I think they'll probably get some clarity on a lot of those things prior to the draft. And I need Jalen Carter to it, pull but... a. Uh, um, who's the guy with the uh, with the gas mask? Who was it? Um, Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, pull one of those guys. 
That is the wildest draft thing I've ever experienced. Somebody like, was out to get that, man. He had some haters out there, man. It was his dad, wasn't his it? His dad is the one that leaked or the video? Stepdad. Yeah. We found it was that like out? Stepdad. Yeah. Oh, it was an ex girlfriend or something. <laughs> so he was supposed to be like a top two pick and then yeah. he slid into the teens because that literally dropped like five minutes before the draft. And I remember like everybody was scrambling and. And then it came out later. I think it was his stepdad that leaked the video or something. It was a revenge thing. But yeah, that was that was a crazy, crazy yeah, draft yeah, night. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, ways to uh, relieve your stress. Yeah, that was an interesting way for him to uh, <laughs> do it. That's a hell of a way. Hey, I don't knock anybody's pastimes. You do you, man. Still worked out for him. He still got paid. So good on, good on, good on them. Thank you guys for listening to this edition of the uh, EPA podcast by Ble- uh, Bleeding Green Nation. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, wherever you get your shows, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows. Be sure to follow me, Victor Williams, on all social platforms at the Philly Pod. Follow Shane on Twitter at uh, half and half underscore TPL. Shane, go ahead and plug the YouTube and all the college content. And if anybody has anything that they want to look into as far as the draft is concerned, go to this man's YouTube channel. He'll tell you where uh, you can find all that. Yeah, uh, my YouTube is at Shane Half NFL. Uh, the shows for the I'm doing the draft shows for BGN. I'm also working on a project that it won't start rolling out till closer to April, but I'm going to have like two minute videos for each player in my top 100 with like highlights and kind of talking about their strengths and weaknesses. And so I will release those in the lead up to the draft. But the idea is to have quick hitting videos to put out on Twitter as guys get drafted. So uh, you can keep it tuned there for that. I've also got a video up about how salaries work with the cap and void years and backloading and dead money and all those terms that you hear thrown out this time of the year that uh, maybe you're not entirely sure what it is talking about. I've got a video that I put up. It's like eight minutes long. It's got graphs and I kind of walk through the whole thing and uh, use the Hassan Reddick contract as like a template to show how those work and what extensions do and all that. So if you want to get into the nitty gritty of how all that works, you can go check that video out on my YouTube at Shane Half NFL. Yes, sir. A lot of good information over there. Be sure to go sub up over there. Click the bell for notifications so you don't miss whenever new content is dropped over on his uh, YouTube channel. We'll join you guys uh, one of these days. If something happens within the next three hours at the trade deadline, we'll be back. Emergency pod. Emergency pod. We'll be back to talk about that. In the meantime, Shane and I will get together and do mock drafts. Talk about these cornerbacks and I guess the offensive tackles since that's who the Eagles are going to take. <laughs> we'll come to you guys, talk about some of those prospects, get you ready for the NFL draft, uh, etc. But until the next one, guys, peace out. We'll catch you guys on the next one. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.